Welcome to SaltCast. Uh, my name is Bob Turner, and I serve as the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, or SALT. And as we have mentioned previously, we are visiting again with a very special guest, Brandon Edwards, who serves as the Global Missions Minister for the Nashville Church of Christ. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Appreciate uh, it. Thank you. I appreciate the time, and you have touched on so many different areas that are very intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. And in our previous sessions, we've talked about uh, the app and the website for mm-hmm. Agos, uh, Agos, I guess yep. is the proper pronunciation, mm-hmm. and the Harbinger Theological Seminary. Very mm-hmm. excited about what that's offering in so many areas for the church. But in our last time together, you mentioned a course mm-hmm. that, that you're involved in that I really would like to spend a little time talking about, sure. uh, maybe more in depth, and that is this Christianity and pop, pop culture. Uh, culture is a big study, and yeah. certainly in the realm of missiology and, and so many different other areas. But this idea of culture and the influence mm-hmm. of culture on the church, yeah. and and if you don't care care to do so, explore a little bit of that and, and tell about what you've either experienced, what you've studied, what you've learned in regards to the the realm of Christianity in the culture that we live and its influences on Christianity. Yes, absolutely. So... Um... One of the things that I think has become kind of a postmodern thought where we actually believe that religion uh, and Christianity in general can be separated from culture or could be cel- separated from pop culture even on, in general. Right. In fact, even some of the biggest institutions in the world will tell you that not only is that a lie, but it does not, just does not work. That cultures are completely embedded within religion and religion is completely embedded within culture right that all of us must acknowledge in some way or another that there is a, a natural inclination that we have because of the culture we live in to actually be part of certain uh, religious understandings I'll give you an ex- example I grew up in Florence Italy spent most of my life overseas and so I grew up in a very Catholic world but member of the churches of Christ um, so we were a very small minority group. I was right. the youth. My, me and my siblings were the youth group. And I remember coming over to the States. And then one of our brothers from uh, Italy came over and visited us. In, and when he walked in to our service, he looked down and he started shaking his head. And he said, I can't believe this. You've all been influenced by the Catholics. Hmm. And we looked down and said, I said, what are you talking about? And he said, you have pews. And the pews to him were a Catholic thing because of the prayer benches. and the Right. So then I stopped and thought about it, and almost all of the churches in Italy have chairs. Wow. Because of the cultural association to pews to being a Catholic thing. So this idea that somehow we don't have these natural biases that show up, and in my studies we typically call them situated perspectives. That's the nice way of saying you have a bias. You have a situated perspective <laughs> right. that deals with a specific type of culture. Culture absolutely affects the church. Sure. It absolutely affects us. And if we think we are somehow separating ourselves from culture, we may be fooling ourselves. Um, even within American culture and the churches, I can go from the north to the south and the same names on the door, but it's a very different experience. Absolutely. It's a very different group of people. Um, now, they may even practice the same worship styles and the rest, but it's still a very different experience simply because of the culture that they're surrounding themselves right. in. So in the modern pop culture that we have, in the modern culture in general that's surrounding us, how is it that the church can best influence that culture instead of the other way around? The problem of being on the defensive and having circled the wagons is that you tend to be reactionary instead of visionary. Yes. You tend to react to the things that happen to you instead of planning for how you can influence those things on the whole. Um, and one of the things that I brought up kind of in passing was this idea that we've bought into 
that we only do things that we know we will be successful in. So if you were to bring, um, I've made this joke before, but if you were to ever, you know, if you want to take it, if you want to kill some, kill an idea, take it to a meeting. (laughs) Um, In this scenario, many times ministers, elders, and others, well-intentioned will go into a meetings, will go into a place, and they will bring up an idea. And the next hour or two will be spent on whether or not that would ever be successful. Instead of asking, is it faithful? Is what we want to do faithful? then all that matters is being faithful. Right. If success is our goal, and we only do the things that we will be successful in in this culture, then we don't need God. We don't need Him to move, and we don't need right. Him to work, and we don't need Him to do the things. And that is a dangerous theology to live off of. Sure. And it's an unwilling one. It's one that we aren't actually sure. We didn't even know we were doing it. And ironically, it's what our culture has done to us. It has made right. religion seem like it's something you do on a Sunday. It's something you do in a building. It's tried to separate us. That's that postmodern thought. Separate religion from culture. It can't be done. In fact, it's pulling at the fabrics of the very threat of our nation. It's separating what's been historically how we've lived. So how can we as a church reverse that trend? Reverse those aspects and realize, no, no, we're, we're not on the defensive here. We're not looking to be successful in everything. We want to be faithful to God. And we'll let God bring the success from that. That's right. And if that's the case, that changes everything. That changes how we view all things. And that's a beautiful starting point for any church eldership and any church leadership to ask when something is brought before them is, is this faithful to God? Does this glorify him in any way? Okay, if that's the case, then we can have a thousand reasons why we shouldn't and one why we should. And that one is it's faithful to God. That's right. That's enough. Yeah. And success becomes so, from a cultural perspective, is so subjective. Yes. In the way that we define it, and even from one congregation to the next, the way that we define success changes, and yes. yet faithfulness doesn't, and that Correct. whole concept of faithfulness doesn't change. Correct, and I'll tell you one of the, uh, I worked with a phenomenal eldership in Louisville, Texas, um, the, the Louisville Church of Christ, oh, just familiar. wonderful yes. people, and I remember the moment when um, we did something, and I asked them to do something that was truly kind of outside the box. I called it a reverse gospel meeting. Typically, a gospel meeting is where you you tell the community what you're going to be speaking on and who they need to come here. Mm-hmm. Instead, we asked them, I said, what if we did the exact opposite of that? And we created a, a program basically that I'd, I'd taken an idea from Philip Jenkins and the Mount Juliet Church of Christ, and, I, and it was called 12 Questions. And we reversed and said, instead, we're going to ask the community, if you could ask God any one question, what would it be? And then based off of whatever questions you ask us, we'll find people who best could suit and answer those questions. Yes. And then you don't even have to come here. We'll live stream it. So you don't have to come to our building. We'll answer your questions and we'll find the best people to answer those questions. It's a reverse gospel meeting. But the hardest part for that is, is that typically when a gospel meeting is invite all your friends. Our thing was don't (laughs) just go get their questions. And if we answer the right questions, they'll tune in. That's right. And boy, did they. But the leap of faith that it took to do that. Sure knowing that when they would say, well, how do we know what, well, if this is success, successful? And the answer was, we're being faithful. We're answering our community's questions. We're answering the gospel. We're preaching the gospel. I'm not worried about any of the men that are standing up there and talking because they'll have the gospel truth. So let God be God in this moment and let us be us. So we will let him use us in this moment. And to this day, I don't know the exact statistics, but I haven't kept up with them in the last year or two. Um, that was... Uh, in 2000, I believe 2015. So it's been five years now. 
Um, but I know we hit over 2 million views. Um, that is exciting. And we had over 300 baptisms in India. Wasn't our expectation. In fact, right. we didn't even know we were broadcasting in India. <laughs> but Facebook and social media and the sure. rest being what it is, that we had a massive impact on individuals. And I had over 3,000 questions come in. And I stopped and thought about it. When was the last time we had a gospel meeting where we had 3,000 interactions with anybody? That's right. It just doesn't happen very often. And it's because are we learning to ask the right questions? Or are we answering things nobody's asking? Absolutely. And when we turn that around, that's, again, where you're being... Uh, purposeful in culture as opposed to reactionary in culture. Right. And when you have a purpose, a purposeful idea of I want to do something different, not because I want to be different, but because I don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, which ironically is still the definition of insanity. That's right. So how can we as a church be faithful to God, hold firm to his truths, but be creative and think outside the box. Yes. And say, what does it mean in the 21st century to be to reach and to, to be part of connecting with the world around right. us? Because if there's ever been a time where our cultural needs support and help, it's now. Yes. And and I tell you that out of the box thinking, that's what we're missing. Mm-hmm. And it and it scares people because it is a change and yes. that that brings some challenges. So I was going to ask you mm-hmm. to Provide maybe some suggestions to leaders, hmm. uh, not just suggestions about how to think outside the box, but how to address this culture that we live in in a way that is going to do the out-of-box thinking and, and that's yeah. going to help create an environment where we're reaching a culture that mm-hmm. seems to be very adverse to Christianity, to religion, mm-hmm. to God and, and His Word. So what suggestions would you give to uh, leaders in the yeah. church to think about how to address this pop culture that we live in? Absolutely. So the first thing I would say is um, don't be afraid. But if you're going to be afraid, be more afraid of God mm. than you are of what this culture will say. That's a starting point. Fear God far more than you fear right. um, how others might view it. Be biblical. Be sound. Because that is countercultural in our world today. To stand up for truth in our countercultural world is massive. As it pertains to creativity and, and thinking differently, um, I'll give you one of my greatest practices that we do. And uh, I'm blessed to work with a phenomenal event at, in Nashville every year called Story. And it's literally uh, storytellers and it's Disney and Pixar and a lot of different individuals from great companies, Bill and Melinda Gates, Apple. And they come in and it's a, it's a couple of days where we have an opportunity to serve them to, 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 and to listen to how they think differently. Now, you may disagree on every aspect of many of the things that they produce in theological sure. doctrines, but one of the greatest things that I've learned from them is um, sitting in a room with some of the you know, premier producers and designers and, and creators of stories and the rest, and me sitting there knowing that I have the greatest story ever told, without wow. a doubt. I already yes. have that. That's right. So I have the greatest starting point. So what can I take away from them? And I remember sitting in a room with a couple of them and they were, they had one rule in the room and the room was they were going to toss out ideas for stories, but you weren't allowed to say the words, yes, but every sentence had to start with what if every sentence. So imagine you suddenly you as an eldership or the rest, you were thinking through it and you came into a meeting and somebody said, we're going to toss out some ideas of how we can do things differently as it pertains to our outreach and how we can really reach our community. 
but we you can we have one rule you have to start every single sentence with what if so what if we walk down to the trailer park down the street and we ask them how we can serve them what if we went to the local school and said what are your needs what if we did that it everything changes when your entire point yes. of view is outward focused instead of just inwardly yes so become fearless but if you're going to fear something, fear God more than you fear the outside world and what sure. it can do. The other side of it is learn to say what if and leave your and but, yes, but at home. Leave right. it at home. It does not belong in meetings of the Lord's church. Right. Because uh, outside of doctrinal, it's one of the key things I always tell people. I've never once worried about having to mess with God's word. Right. Apparently, he still means what he meant. Right. So if that's not open for dis- for discussion then what's my responsibility to the creativity God has given me? So I'm, I'm going to be responsible for these talents and abilities and the lack of ideas and the lack of things. And he knows what my capabilities are. And so if I stand before him one day and he goes, man, I, boy, I gave you guys the opportunity of a lifetime. And you simply, y'all didn't even bring it up. Right. You didn't even talk about it. You said, yes, but instead mm. of what if. And that leads us to an, a deeper understanding of creativity starts with mindset. I'm going to do something of great value today, not for me, but for God. So what if I get out of my own way? What if we as a church leadership decide to think differently about how we reach that community? I, I love that. And I'm writing it down <laughs> because I intend intend to use that in several arenas because I think that's powerful. I was sitting here thinking that there's a Barna research was Mm -hmm. involved with uh, a connected generation. Um, I don't remember if it was some type of a podcast. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I remember a specific quote that said, generally what happens in the church is we go up in age and inward in focus instead of going down and out. Yes. And, and I, I, I see that in so many places where I've traveled and congregations I've been a part of is as congregations are getting older and as they get older, mm-hmm. they become more inward, more protective, trying yes. to preserve. And instead of our thinking, we need to go down in age and out in our yes. focus. And in order to do that, we're going to have to do exactly what you've been talking about. Absolutely. And I'll give you one more kind of um, little in-depth thing. Uh, just recently, I found out that nostalgia was once a recognizable disease that people would actually be, um, whether it was cured of, but they would be diagnosed of having nostalgia. It's where we get this idea of homesickness. Hmm. Um, and I found that fascinating, number yes. one, because I'd never con- contemplated that or thought about that, that that, man, that's where that terminology comes from, is nostalgia, homesickness is this idea of nostalgia. And nostalgia is actually a very dangerous thing when you think about the fact that we as a culture seem to do a fairly good job at looking back. And that's a dangerous, um, even biblically, <laughs> dangerous thing to do over and over again. We see, not just in the Old Testament, but even the New Testament, this idea of focusing too much on the past and missing out on where we are and we're supposed to be going in the future. So this idea of homesickness, I said, if there was ever a, a point is, our homesickness is for heaven, it's for God. And that's not backwards, that's forwards. That's yeah. going super. It's one of the great things about being part of the restoration movement. It's meant to be a movement towards heaven, towards God, right. not in reverse towards the way things used to be. So that inward focus is nostalgia. 
Mm. It's trying to hold on to the things the way that they used to be instead of trying to make them better for the generations to come. So where is the church 50 years from now? Where is it 100 years from now? And if if we're able to do that without any of them remembering our name, that's a good thing. Because that means that God will be the one that's glorified. So it's not about being remembered. It's not about us. And even at the churches, that's that nostalgia again. People just want to be remembered. They want to be taken care of. They want to be, and that's not inherently sinful, but it can be when it becomes the focus. And when you live in a narcissistic society that completely, where everything is all about us and all about me. um, And the problem with that is that nobody else realizes how important I am. That's the problem with narcissism is that we're yeah. terrible gods. Yes. And we're terrible gods even within our own churches when we do that too. Right. But when we have that, and this is where God humbles us, and he says it's time to focus going forward. So I just found it fascinating. This nostalgia concept yeah. is what may be holding us back to the the good old days. And when they were back there, they didn't call them the good old days back then. No. But what if that nostalgia was turned towards God? Because that is a healthy feeling to long for God, to long right. for something wonderful. But is it a detriment to the church if that becomes the permeating culture? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. Yes. And you know, those people in the good old days mm-hmm. were looking ahead to create yes. a different future that we're enjoying. Yes. And to have something better than what they had. And now we're looking back and thinking. Yes. I, I remember a quote from uh, Chris Valentin. He said, mm-hmm. if, if your memories are greater than your dreams, you're already dying. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, how do I, how do I honor those people of the past that gave me what I have today? By building on what By they building created. building on what they created. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, man. Just rich material. I am so encouraged and excited. Uh, just very quickly, if you would, mm-hmm. tell everybody again how they can uh, contact uh, the material through Harbinger Theological Seminary, Agos, all of yes. that so that they can gain more information about Absolutely. What well, we'd love to hear from you. I'd love to, to connect with you. You can go to the nationalchurchofchrist.org. You can find us there. And on there, you'll find the links to Agos, the Harbinger Theological Seminary, or you can go to agos.com, A-G-G-O-S.com, or you can go to Harbinger Theological Seminary. I'm not going to spell all that out. It's very long. <laughs> HarbingerTheologicalSeminary.org and be able to connect with us there and let us know how, how we can serve you, how we can help you. And if you ever, ever have a desire to just dream out loud, holler at me. Love to throw ideas at you and connect with you in any way that I can. All right. Brandon Edwards, the Global Missions Minister with Nashville Church of Christ. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Taking time. It's, it's been such a blessing for me, and I know it has been for all who have listened in. I know mm-hmm. that they've gained so much insight and, and very, informa- very helpful information to them. Thank you for listening. Uh, we appreciate you taking time to tune in. And we hope that you've been encouraged and hope that you're excited. Some great possibilities and potential for all of you that are listening in to help grow in your relationship with God and connect more with God's people. Again, I'm Bob Turner with the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, and we thank you for tuning in and look forward to talking with you again next week. God bless.